The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Monday, March 15th, and this is our day one NFL free agency recap. Joining me on the podcast and on our live stream on YouTube.com slash Pick 6, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, fellas? John, uh, thanks for joining us. You took the weekend off to, to be a father, which I congratulate you for, but you missed yesterday me yelling at Brinson for being late, so... We're all on time today, so I did you a favor. Oh, well, that's funny that you are congratulating me for that right now because those texts I got from you over the weekend would suggest you were not congratulatory about me not being there. <laughs> oh. Hey, hey Breach, why don't you show up for a podcast and stop taking care of the baby? You know, I thought that was a little uncalled for, but I'm here now. That's all that matters, Wilson, to save shout, you from Brinson. Shout out to anybody in the chat. And uh, I don't know if you all heard us the first when we when we went live there's a little timer in the top right corner of our of our thing, and it it, imagined, it actually said like it had been running for ten seconds when we went live. So I'm not sure <laughs> if that thing about uh, player X, former player, former NFL player X, knocking John Breach's dad to the ground, uh, showed up or not. But yes, I am on time. What's up to everybody in the chat? Thanks for joining us. If you have questions about free agency or want us to address something, we will happily do it. Um, obviously, the podcast is still the podcast. But we, you know, will incorporate questions, chatter, discussion, rumors, nuance, and other things as we move along. We will have a mailbag coming up, of course, uh, down the road on Friday. So if you want to leave us a mailbag question, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we will answer that mailbag question. Today will be the recap of Monday's action. We're recording it around 5 to 5.30 as we're starting. So if anything happens in the evening, that'll be circled back into Tuesday's show. Usually during free agency, there's actually this little break. It's like a dinner break that the teams take, and there's always that first day. It's like, it looks like, all right, everything's done at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, and then there's one big signing on, on that first evening. Uh, and last year, you know what it was? It was Stefan Diggs getting traded to the Bills at like nine right. o'clock at night. That's right. Good call, Breach. One year it was uh was it Revis to the Pats? Who was it? I'm trying to remember. Anyway. Um also in the feed, a mock draft with uh, Ryan Wilson. We break down his mock draft 5.0, and we will have daily free agency recaps. Usually you're used to this podcast coming out in the morning but we're going to release it when we get done with it because we want people to be able to listen to it um, in more of a real-time fashion. So if anything big or breaking happens at, at night or you know in the morning, we will obviously do an emergency podcast. But for right now, we are doing these recaps in the evening and then releasing them around free agency. By the way, if you want to hang if you like hanging out with us on the podcast or in the chat, you can hang out with us in a bracket game. That's right. We will be doing a pick six podcast bracket challenge game. 
I'll be there. Wilson will be there. Breach will be there. And we want you to join us as well. So join us at cbssports.com slash pick six brackets and uh, compete for a prize. I will throw in some sort of pick six swag. Uh, Breach will probably throw in I don't know, a cat. And Wilson <laughs> will throw in an angry chiding of your your a relative of your choice they will they will never look at you the same again uh, you can create your own group as well to compete against friends and fill out your bracket for the chance to win a nissan rogue and a trip to the 22 2022 final four you can play on the cbs sports app or at cbssports.com slash pick six brackets okay uh we'll get to some of the questions in a second keep putting them in the chat because we can see them um you know keep lobbing them out there but we got to get to the 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 story of the day the story of free agency to start breach bill belichick by god it's bill belichick's music and he came flying in with cash to spend waving it all around he got that stimmy check and he is looking to spend he uh, signed matthew judon four years 56 million johnny smith four years 50 million jalen mills four years 24 million and uh gotcha from the dolphins uh, on, I believe, a smaller two-year deal. But all of them sort of make a lot of sense. But how surprised were you, Breach? And we'll dive into this specifically. But how surprised were you overall to see Belichick making it rain? Uh, I mean, I was shocked. I was, this was like my wife going to Target with her stimulus check, where I just know she's going to come back uh, with everything, whether we need it or not. And that's how I feel about the Patriots here, because even though they absolutely needed the players they signed, otherwise they wouldn't have signed them, uh, but the one thing the Patriots did here that you don't always see is they played market price because, you know, remember all those years where we talked about, hey, look, Tom Brady's on this team. Teams want to sign with the Patriots. They want a chance to win the Super Bowl, so they'll take below market value. Uh, that didn't happen here. They have they have Jonu Smith, $50 million. I think uh, 31, just over $31 million was guaranteed over four years. You gave Matthew Judon a, mar a market contract, so – the Patriots were just out there making it rain in free agency, and I never thought we would see that because that is not what they do. Uh, but clearly it does feel like Bill Belichick, after you know watching his team struggle last year, said, all right, you know, I just saw Tom win the Super Bowl. That's not happening. I'm going to build up this defense. I'm going to make it great, uh, and, and that's how we're going to win is, is with uh, defense and tight ends, which is what Belichick is known for. So uh, this is right up his alley as far as who they signed. And you know what? The Patriots are a better team right now. Yeah, so I think the takeaway is last year with Cam Newton, who didn't look like Cam Newton. Maybe he was injured. They re-signed him. He's back. Uh, they made all these free agency moves you talked about. John New Smith can play in the backfield. He can line up in the backfield and, and run the ball if you want him to. So now you have two running backs that weigh 250 pounds, basically. <laughs> and what Bill Belichick was saying last year is, okay, take your best shot. We're, we're going to uh, win fewer games than we lose, but uh, you better be ready. So, Bills, if you want to win the, the Super Bowl, this is the year to do it because this is going to be your last chance. So depending on what happens with the quarterback situation, and part of me wonders if they're loading up on all these offensive um, positions that they need to fill, they got an edge rush help, that maybe they're going to be looking for quarterbacks in the middle of the first round, and maybe they have some plans to move around to get one if they, if they truly like one. And, and if they get a quarterback that has a chance to play right away, I, uh, they're going to challenge the Bills. And I, I think it's going to be like, what are you laughing at, at Breach? You think uh, I was going to say, or or that Monday night deal that Brenton's going to be talking about. It's going to be Janu Smith, Matthew Juden, and Jalen Mills to Houston for Deshaun Watson. Phil Ooh, just, I, flipped, <laughs> I flipped everyone. I fooled everyone. Yeah, that would be something. But I, I think the takeaway is you had one year to to kick me while I was down. Get your kicks in. And if you don't win at all, other teams in the AFC East, that's on you. So 
for all the trade the the draft picks and, and salary cap space that the Jets have, they they may end up being the exact same team that they were twelve months ago if the Patriots get back on track and and the Bills are, are the same really really good football team that they were at the end of uh, January. So uh, t- just to look at these individually really quickly, uh, one I would say well a couple of thoughts. One when you look at the way that Bill Belichick has handled free agency. He does not always go out and spend big. That is a very unusual set of circumstances for that to happen. However, he has frequently in the last few years made these precision strike early, early free agency, big money contract moves, whether it was to go get like Stefan Gilmore. He went out and got Stefan Gilmore right away. He didn't play around. He gave him a bunch of money and he went and got him. I really think he looks at John U. Smith as the guy this year that you wanted to get him free agency. And he knew they needed to shore up the, the rush defense. They needed to improve the pass rush, get a little bit better on the back end as well. And they had to add another weapon for Cam Newton or whoever will be the quarterback. And preferably, I think for Belichick, that weapon could be a uh, an inline tight end who's great a great run blocker or an underrated run blocker and someone who you can move all around and someone who is great after the catch and can have tight end screens, et cetera, et cetera. That's John o. Smith to a T. He's a perfect Patriots player. Like Ryan said, you can line him up in the backfield. He's Belichick has said he is the best tight end in terms of yards after the catch in football. He said that either last year, I believe last year, maybe the year before. So he's a huge John o. Smith fan. I still don't think it would be crazy if they went out and signed Hunter Henry too, just if they wanted to recreate like a – poor man's Gronk Aaron Hernandez type of situation. Let um, me um, throw this in quickly. I don't know about the Hunter sure. Henry thing. I was going to ask about that, but Jeff Howe of the athletic now, I think is where he works. Uh, he's a beat reporter for the Patriots tweeted out earlier this t- today at the start of free agency. The Patriots aren't done. I'd expect a wide receiver by the end of this day too. Exactly. So the Patriots are probably adding more. Um, and there's but, been reports. They're talking to Kendrick Bourne. Speaking of wide receivers. Well, there you go. So yes, they can absolutely sign some more guys. Now they lost Joe Tooney and we'll get to that, that contract in a minute, Joe Tooney to the chiefs. But I think, I also think there's a component here with Bill Belichick where not only did he, so he identified John Smith as sort of the guy. Now he also, it's interesting. All these guys are read by Drew Rosenhaus. You sort of wonder, you know, without, accusing anyone of shenanigans or tomfoolery or hijinks or whatever, if it didn't assist his ability to sign Jonu Smith by also signing Jalen Mills, Matthew Judon, um, and, uh, and who else is the Rosenhaus guy? Gotcha. I don't know. Is Gotchow guy? Is Gotchow or Rosen? There's four Rosenhaus guys they signed. Look, it's, that, it's like I, when you're, uh, you, you sign the five-star to, you get him a scholarship and you give his buddies who are all one or you give his brother yeah you yeah, i mean it's exactly Trent brown thing. Trent brown was the other one. Oh, they, they traded, traded they traded for Trent brown who is a rosenhaus guy that's right thank you breach good call one of those guys is not i can't remember which one it is but they got four rosenhaus guys and gronk is a rosenhaus guy there's a lengthy relationship with belichick and, and, and rosenhaus and i'm not saying that's why they all went there but i do think that that probably helps you know grease the skids a little bit because you're you're loading up Rosenhaus's pockets with all these signings and he's like hey look you know John they're going to use you here at any rate I also believe that Bill Belichick looked at this offseason and said there we have a ton of money to spend and this is going to be a there's actually an opportunity to sort of buy low here because all these players are willing to take deals that are that look like big money deals but are really like 
worth up to. That's the phrase you're hearing everywhere. It's worth up to more than more than uh, more than ever this offseason because these guys are not taking five year you know, contracts. They're taking three-year contracts that are probably one or two-year deals, depending on who you are and how valuable you are. So I think Belichick sees this as a chance to sort of reload the pats and make a run this year. And to be perfectly frank, I bet on them to win the Super Bowl at 38 or 48 to one when all this is going down. And I bet on them to is that 48 to one? Let me look for sure. And I bet on them to win the division at uh, four and a half to one. And I took them, uh, I can't find it somehow, but I took them, I did take them to win the Super Bowl and to win the division. I think the odds are a little bit longer than they should be. I don't think it's crazy. I mean, it, if you have a defense that can slow down Patrick Mahomes, that's all we talk about in the AFC. And that's what Belichick, he's looking at this like, all right, who's the team to beat? Yes, the Bills won the division, but they didn't win the AFC. Patrick Mahomes won the AFC and the Chiefs. And so we've got to figure out how, we can slow him down. What do you do? You bring in one of the AFC's best pass rushers. You bring in someone who can beef up your secondary. You know, Jalen Mills can play cornerback or safety. And you know what Bill Belichick loves? Somebody who's versatile, who he can kind of just be a chess piece and put him anywhere. Uh, and so it's crazy to see how much the Patriots have done just over the past week. I mean, it's not just the moves we saw today. We saw him obviously resign Cam Newton. We saw him trade for Trent Brown. We saw him trade away uh, one of their tackles over the weekend to pick up a few extra picks from the Texans. And so it does feel like, as Ryan was saying, that Belichick just, and as we've all said, that he viewed last year as a throwaway year. He's like, all right, we got $68 million going into uh, the offseason right now. There's only three teams that have even $50 million in salary cap space. So you're the front runner. You got all the money. And, you know, the Patriots are acting like it, whereas you have teams like the Jags and the Jets who – uh, we're the only other teams at over 50 million. They're not doing anything. So the Patriots are just loving life right now. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Uh, I don't know if there's anything more to add to that other than they'll find a quarterback, either one for next I, year or one for beyond next year. I'm not convinced. I mean, maybe I'm just a Cam Newton truther. And no, I, I said either for next year or for beyond next year. Oh, you, right, can, right, you, right. you can roll with Cam next year. And if you have a young quarterback, you can set yourself up for, you know, reset the. The shot clock, so to speak, because like I said, they had one bad year. They got their ass kicked and now they're back and everyone is understandably concerned. The 31 other teams or the 15 other teams in the conference. So I got the Pats at 35 to one to win the Super Bowl and uh, plus 433 to win the division. They are down at my site to uh, let's see what they're at. William Hill, they're at 33 to one and they were at uh, 38 to one, I think, or 40 to one. And it just it uh, it 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 disappeared. Like the, obviously, the book had the same the same thought process that I did. It was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, hold on a second. Uh, William Hill, the Patriots are still forty to one, and plus four twenty five to win the division. If you got if you if you're able to splash on that, I don't. I mean, forty to one for the Pats. You're betting on Belichick, like. And a Cam Newton bounce back. I just don't think forty to one is that crazy. So I'm 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 fine buying into that. And I, and I realize it's sort of flies in the face of what my normal philosophy would be, which is betting on a team that's spinning big in free agency. Is somebody's mute button off. Debo, if your mute button's not off, turn it off, pal. Um, <laughs> sounded like a... Debo pulled a Frank Drevin. Went to the bathroom. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you might people on the live stream. Li live stream indeed, my friend. Um, <laughs> uh, at any rate, I like Devos. Like he's he's uh he's pulling a uh 
uh, what is it, the secretary and, and the, the Edward R. Rooney in, in the office at uh, <laughs> Ferris Bueller, the high school, where they're scrambling uh, to to get things sorted out? <laughs> yeah. um, nine times. Nine. Anyway, the Patriots. The Patriots had a busy day. They're probably not done. It. I guess would we be making fun of another team for doing this if it wasn't the Patriots? Doing what? Spending big in free agency on the first yeah, day. That's what we used to do with the football team. Every year we crown them off-season champs, and every or the, year, or the Dolphins. Every year they would once the season started they'd be terrible. But this is obviously different, um, and it's out of character for them. And as Breach noted, while they have spent big in free agencies in the past, they are paying full market value, which is something that doesn't always happen in New England historically because Tom Brady, as he still does in Tampa, is willing to play for less. Speaking of Tampa Bay, they made a bunch of moves. At, well, I guess they didn't make a bunch of They only make one move? It feels like they made a bunch leading up to this, though. Brady restructures his contract. Franchise tag on Chris Goblin. Um, and I I mean, I've been saying it all along, and I and I've proven right. But I thought they were going to use the tag on Chris Goblin, and then try to re-sign Levante David and Shaq Barrett to slightly under market deals, knowing that those two guys have blossomed in Tampa Bay, that they are comfortable in Tampa Bay, that they want to keep winning with the defense with a team that they like, and that the defense really fits what their skill sets are, and that they know they'll be successful on the field as individual players and as a team if they stay in Tampa Bay. And sure enough, uh, Shaq Barrett re-signed with the Buccaneers on a four-year deal worth up to $72 million. Um, did it, it did feel like for a hot minute there, Breach, that it was Brady versus Belichick in the free agency market. He, you know, even obviously Jason Light's the one signing them and all of that, but it, it didn't, did it have that little, like a little bit of that feel to it? Yeah. I mean, you use the two best words you could use when you tweet out, Brent. it was an arms race. It was like, Belichick saw Brady win the Super Bowl. Uh, well, I'm going to beef up my team. Brady's like, well, I'm going to take a pay cut, and we're going to bring all these players back. And you know what we saw uh, when we looked at Tampa Bay's roster in February and saw everyone who was going to be a free agent? It was just, you're thinking, there's no way they can keep everyone. But then Tom Brady did what Tom Brady always does. Wilson just mentioned it a couple minutes ago, and that's that he takes a below-market contract, which frees up a ton of cap space in this in this situation. He freed up $19 million dollars. All of a sudden, you can afford for Chris Godwin to play in the franchise tag. You get Levante David under contract, who's a key part of that defense, and you can afford to pay Shaq Barrett. And, you know, Shaq Barrett had been spent the past month saying, I want to stay in Tampa. I want to stay in Tampa. Uh, on Friday, when Brady tweeted out with the bands back together, Shaq Barrett said, yes, sir, it is, even though he hadn't really signed a deal yet. So by all accounts, it, it just was as long as the Buccaneers didn't lowball him, he was going to sign a new deal and they didn't lowball him. He gets four years, $72 million. And all of a sudden it's like the Buccaneers, uh, Prince, did you also bet on them to win the Super Bowl? Cause maybe you should think about that too. Uh, I did not breach, but only because they're like three and a half to one. Hey, so when do these teams have to be in compliance with the salary cap? Cause there's still a handful of teams that are in the red Wednesday, Wednesday. at 4 PM oh. Eastern time. Cause uh, that, I was thinking as breach was talking about the Tampa Bay doing all their, uh, arm waving to make this work. Another team that's made it work. Um, and we can talk about them in a second if we're not done with the bucks, but uh, the chiefs, well, that's, that was the next, that was the next thing that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Because uh, they were up against the cap wise and they cut their two the tackles and now they have a, a gobs of cap space and they were able to use that and, and uh, make Patrick Mahomes ha happy. He was probably right now. He's probably much happier than Russ Wilson, who still doesn't have an offensive line. Uh, well, you mentioned it. I mean, feel free to actually say what the news was instead of just dancing around it. But yes, the Chiefs. Well, it's, it's, your, the, it's your guy, so I thought you want to talk about it. 
That's right. The Chiefs, with $33.8 million in salary cap space remaining, used it after they cut Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher and restructured Patrick Mahomes' deal, which hadn't even kicked in yet. Um, they used it to sign NC State legend Garrett Bre- Oh, wait. Two time Super Bowl champion and one hell of a model American, Joe Tooney, uh, the former Patriots offensive guard. And uh, who actually played tackle at NC State, which I think is uh, and it shifted back and forth. I think that's a big deal for Andy Reid, knowing that if somebody goes down, you have a guy who can slide around a bit. The Patriots have used him some like that too. Five it, years. It, it works so well in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Just leave him a ta- leave him a guard. I think they'll probably do that. Five years, eighty million. Jason Lock and Four has reported that the Chiefs are in on Trent Williams too, which. I mean, if that happens, you land Trent Williams to Joe Tooney and you get the guard, co- like the tackle guard combo that all the Bengals fans convinced themselves they were going to get this offseason. And then you're the like the fit, like three time, uh, you know, or like nearly three time AFC defending champion. And all of a sudden you just upgraded the left side of your offensive line with Mahomes back there. That would be huge. Uh, is, I think uh, what is the, near- the Bengals are waiting for the fourth wave of free agency, Brinson. Let me just <laughs> wait, make that wait, clear. Wait, wait, wait. What is nearly three time AFC defending champions? What does that mean? Well, they were that D forward offsides away from winning. The oh, AFC. I see. Yeah, I, yeah. I couldn't let you just slide with that one. No, it's fine. I was fumbling through it. But uh, Tootie's actually an Ohio guy, so I thought there was a connection there. But he signed a five-year, $80 million deal with the Chiefs. Uh, according to reports, I think Albert Breer noted this, the Patriots were in on Tooney until the end. So they were trying to sign Tooney as well. I'm guessing that Tooney just looks at this as, I mean, I just played one, two Super Bowls with Tom Brady, and now I get to go spend the next half of my career hanging out with Patrick Mahomes and blocking for him and Andy Reid's incredibly um, complex and yet innovative offense, offensive scheme. Like this is a no brainer for me. So like, no, no one's hating on Joe Tony. Like, he's not going to the jets and just clearly a money grab. He's going to a team that's better than yeah. the team. He was just on. He's getting a ton of money and he's going to a team that is the super, like very clearly the Super Bowl favorite and the best team in football. Like I know we get all ahead of ourselves with the dynasty talk in 2017 Eagles, but like, the Chiefs, if they get a couple tackles, are going to be in the mix. I mean, that's that's just even without a couple tackles, they'll be in the mix. So, you know, great signing for the Chiefs. But if Tooney's playing guard, you just spent thirty-two and a half million dollars guaranteed, and you still need tackles. Yeah. That's the other thing I was going to say. Like on the other side of that conversation, the Patriots may have been in the in the talks with Tooney till the end, but you can find guards late in the draft. Like you don't have to draft one in the first, second, or even third round, and you can find guys. To, to put in there. So maybe that was eventually their thinking in terms of why we don't want to spend money there. We've spent money everywhere else, but to breach is larger point for the chiefs. They still have some, some things to do, but the good news is they don't have to worry about the interior offensive line. So that, I mean, that's a step in the right direction for sure. Again, the, the, the Seahawks and Russell Wilson would be so lucky. Well, I mean, he's, so he was the highest paid guard in football last year at $14.78 million on the franchise tag. The next highest one is was Andrew Norwell uh, of the Jaguars, and I think they restructured his deal and he took a pay cut, maybe down to like twelve million dollars. Tooney's now making uh, sixteen million dollars a year. That's by far and away the highest paid guard. But if you know if he were a tackle, if they were to play him at left tackle, you know he would just be right there in the second tier range behind Bakhtiari, Tunsil, Stanley, presumably Trent Williams as well, Garrett Bowles. So, I mean, I, I really think that this is a guard. I think this is a, we will make you the highest paid guard in football. And I, I don't think that, I, I understand you have to have tackles. Of course you do. But I do think that 
I mean, yeah, obviously you do. But I, I do think that the guard is a really important position in an Andy Reid offense where, you know, just like it is in a Kyle Shanahan offense, right? You're going to have guys pulling and moving. You want guys who can block for screens, who can get to the second level, quick on their feet, physical. Um, you know, you need guys who, uh, you know, can can move quickly in tight spaces. And Joe Tooney is exactly that. So I, I, I think it's a perfect scheme fit and a perfect signing. It's expensive, but the Chiefs have salary cap room. And now they shored up, the, you know, the thing that was their biggest concern, which is their offensive line. They began to shore. They still have some other things to sure. sort out. That's breach noted. But yeah, step in the right direction. I'm not knocking it. I mean, it, you know, you could be less concerned about the offensive line if, if your quarterback's uh, Mr. Trubisky or Lamar Jackson and that he can run around all day. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you're paying that guy half a billion dollars, whatever his contract was last year. So clearly the, the most important thing is protecting him. And we saw that play out in the team they faced in the Super Bowl. They, they traded up to get Tristan Wirfs because they had to protect old man Brady. And it took a while to get there, but they no no fault of Tristan Worse. But when that offensive line came together, uh, he was Tom Brady. Like no surprises that they won the Super Bowl. And you know, Brenton, you mentioned Trent Williams to start off here with the Chiefs. If if the Kansas City could get both guys, and that's going to be an interesting thing. Are they out of the Trent Williams sweepstakes because they spent so much money on Joe Tooney? It's not like they had a ton of money going into free agency. I think over the cap had him at just $12 million to uh, under the cap. So yeah, but they, uh, they were 33 over coming into today. Right. Right. And they restructured every, you know, Mahomes obviously freed up a ton with that restructuring, but with the restructurings, they were 12 million under. So they had 12 million to spend and they just, gave, I say, am I saying 33 over? I meant 33 under. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So then they just gave obviously Joe Tooney a ton of that. So if they can land Trent Williams, I mean, that's an absolute, then then the Chiefs just win the offseason. Let's just give them the Super Bowl trophy. I'm going to log off now and go bet on them to win the Super Bowl if they get Trent Williams. Uh, but, you know, maybe that's going to be too expensive to give that kind of money because he's probably going to get 19 or $20 million a year. Uh, yeah, that's probably right. But I mean, 18, 19, something in that range. I mean, look, you can be creative with your accounting. You can plan a restructure down the road. These guys aren't necessarily taking like I think Tooney's deal. So the Tooney deal and the John o. Smith deal strike me as legitimate five-year contracts. You know what I'm saying? Like these are not puffed up by the agent, designed to make it look like we got good money in a pandemic offseason. These are feel like legitimate. Yeah, you know, I mean, like and maybe, maybe I mean, you know, maybe you end up uh, we'll see what the dead money is, but I'm saying like Tooney signed a massive free agent contract. It's just not like a, a puff piece that, that's being propped up. And, and yeah, the Chiefs have more work to do. It's not a Taysom Hill four-year, $140 million deal. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, with zero, <laughs> zero real years or zero real money, which is absolutely insane. Uh, yeah, Chiefs have work to do, but you can always structure it in a way that you can get these guys under contract. I, I don't think it'll be hard for them to go get Trent Williams if they feel like that is what they need. Another key AFC West Offensive line signing, Corey Lindsley, former Packers center, goes to the Chargers on a big contract. Huge. I think, I mean, AFC West offensive line arms race, you can joke about it, but this is a huge move. Like the the, the Chargers had Dan, friend of the podcast, Dan Feeney, uh, Forrest Lamp, two former top uh, two picks in the first three rounds of the 2017 draft were free agents. Their pouncey retires at Micro Marquise. Mike Pouncey, Mike. Reti- Mike Pouncey retired. They have a uh, and mul- they have multiple other offensive linemen who are free agents, and it was really just and they traded tr- or they released Trey Turner 
it was just Brian Belago left on that offensive line. And we were saying, rightfully so, that that was a concern for Justin Herbert's development. And so now they've gone out and they they signed Corey Lindsley, who played, by the way, with Brian Belaga. So you get a little bit of uh, connectivity there. And when I think about the type of quarterback that Justin Herbert is, he's not dissimilar in styles, like holding the ball, quick quick on his feet to a younger Aaron Rodgers or even an older Aaron Rodgers. And so I think you have guys who are familiar with that style of quarterback play in Lindsey and Balaga. And Lindsey's a big strike addition for the Chargers in free agency. Yeah, the Chargers are going to be my favorites to make the playoffs this year. Like, I'm on the Chargers. I was talking about last week on the podcast, and, and that hasn't changed. The The big issue will be um, how Brandon Staley and the coaching staff adjust. But, you know, we talk about it all the time in this offseason that Anthony Lynn probably cost him a couple games with some poor decisions at the end of football games. So if they can sort that out, get better on defense, they'll get Derwin James back, uh, both the offensive line, which they're trying to do. They have everything else in place offensively to, to be really good. So I love it. Yeah, and, you know, we said all offseason, the Chargers did not have a great offensive line last season, and still Justin Herbert put up some huge numbers and looked amazing. And now you put uh, a guy like Corey Lindsley, one of the best centers in the NFL in front of him, and that's a pretty solid combo. So I am on the Chargers bandwagon with Ryan. Let's not crash it. Let's not run it off a cliff, Wilson. Chargers need this. Their fans are desperate. Uh, before we move on, since we are talking offensive linemen, uh, Jesse Clark in the YouTube chat asks, any thoughts on the linemen the Bengals can sign with Joe Tooney off the market? Tooney, an Ohio native, so there was some maybe some wishful thinking from Bengals fans there that they could go out and spend big. It, you know, look, there have been guys, plenty of guys, several guys cut. Uh, Riley Reef, Trey Turner, uh, Russell Okung is a free agent. Trent Williams is a free agent. There are lots of names. Richie Incognito was released. But, man, it starts to get a little thin if you're a Bengals fan and you were hoping that they would be big-time players in free agency. So uh, I will I will let Jesse's question, which is a very good one, be answered by our resident Bengals fan, John Breach. I am a little disappointed when I was saying that if you have a ton of money, this is the time to spend it. You know who got that memo? The Patriots. <laughs> Bill Belichick has out there throwing money to anybody whoever, who wants it. He doesn't usually do that. And then you have the other top five teams in terms of uh, salary cap space, Jacksonville, the Jets, the Colts, the Bengals. Those teams are just sitting at home with their uh, money under their mattress and they're not spending it. So it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Joe Tooney in Cincinnati. Obviously, that is not happening. Uh, but that doesn't mean there aren't guys. I mean, I would have loved to see Kevin Zeitler return to Cincinnati. Obviously, that also is not happening because uh, he's going to Baltimore. But there are guys out there. Uh, I think the Raiders dropped two of their guards, Gabe Jackson, Richie Incognito. Uh, and, and I know you start thinking, well, you know, if the Raiders let him go. But uh, you know what? Anybody's an upgrade from Bobby Hart. So you bring in a tackle or a guard. Um, there are a lot of guys that are still available who would be upgrades based on what the Bengals have. Um, and those were just two on the guards. You have Trent Williams at tackle. If the Bengals signed Trent Williams, I would go light off fireworks in my backyard. I would leave the podcast right now. Um, you know, and there's also guys that can help you. The Russell Okungs, the, the Mike Remmers, the, the Jason Peters, the guys that aren't as good as they used to be, but who are an upgrade from what the Bengals have right now. Any Al thoughts? Hunt. He oh, didn't mention he didn't mention Al Villanueva, which I thought was interesting. Oh well, you told me not to mention him. I mentioned him one time, and you gave me the mean face. 
uh, played for the Steelers, perennial winners. He could bring that winning atmosphere I, to that I, locker room. I would be happy with Villanueva. He showed up, show up and be like, what are all these losers doing in this losing franchise? Former Army Ranger, so he could bring some much-needed toughness. Mm. Oh, and who wouldn't love a good anthem controversy in uh, Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. There uh, is no anthem controversy in Cincinnati. No, of course not. By the way, if you have a question about a player, about a team, about anything free agency related as you're listening to this podcast, or you can watch us every day at 4 o'clock. We're going to do this podcast live on YouTube. So you can jump in the chat at youtube.com slash pick six and ask us questions related to free agent signings that have happened or that could happen. Anything you want. Oh, sorry. 5 o'clock tomorrow. 5 o'clock p.m. Um, Wilson is doing the 4 o'clock p.m. HQ on Tuesday. So if you have questions about that, by all means, jump in the chat and let us know. But of course, Wilson, you listen. How long yeah. does it take you to get your hair ready for HQ? <laughs> oh, ho, ho, a down. The, um, and you got it, Jesse Clark. Thanks for asking a great question. And if, if you leave a question in there now, we will get to it uh, at some point. I'm trying to. I'm going to try to weave in the questions related to you know the other stuff we're talking about with the signings. Then we'll do we'll do a big clearance house uh, of of the questions at the end of the podcast. Also in offensive line news, the Ravens signed Kevin Zeitler. Oh my gosh, another Cincinnati. Wait, what did with the Bengals? Was it with the Browns? He was the started with the Bengals. Yeah, Yeah. Bengals drafted him. Wow, it's almost like the Bengals have really let this thing go. Kevin Zeitler, and then the Giants, I believe. It's traded, almost went to the Browns, signed by the Browns, traded to the Giants in the Odell deal, right? It's almost like the Bengals have no idea how to gauge whether or not they should keep an offensive lineman. They let Zeitler go. They let Andrew Whitworth go. That was all around the same time, and that was when their playoff team fell apart. That is correct. Really, the second Andrew Whitworth left, they stunk. Uh, anyway, Kevin Zeitler signed a three-year deal worth $22.5 million with the Ravens. Uh, Wilson, I know you you like to get angsty about the Ravens' moves in the offseason. They lost Matt Judon to the Pats, but this feels like a pretty big signing for Baltimore because Zeitler, a very nice player against the, uh, as, a, as a run blocker, and as much as this team runs, you have to think they're excited about adding this piece to that offensive line. Yep, uh, for sure, and I think JLC – our Jason Lockapur, who lives in Baltimore and does a local show there every day, said this will allow Bradley Bozeman to kick inside the center. They had some issues at center that they needed to sort out, so two birds and one stone with, with, with this situation. And, uh, of course, the, the running game will remain a, a focal point of this offense with Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Mark Ingram is now with the Texans, so he'll be uh, tasked with saving that franchise from himself, but that's not an issue for, for the Ravens and certainly not Kevin Zeitler now, who goes from a Giants team that, had a chance to win the division if the, the Eagles didn't go up in Week 17. I can only say that now because I know Debo can't rush on to, to defend himself. And now <laughs> he goes to a Ravens team that will be um, favorites to win the, the AFC in the Super Bowl, among the favorites. Do you know what their their odds are in front of you? Uh, the Ravens are actually the favorite to win the division, which Ooh. is a little surprising looking at it. Wow. Uh, in fact, the, the Steelers are the th- – oh, you're saying why is it surprising? Yeah. I guess it's not. The Steelers are actually behind the Browns. That's not surprising either. Okay. I would even, I mean, how much better are the Steelers? Baltimore is 13 to one to win the Super Bowl and plus 110 to win the division. This is at William Hill. The Browns, 20 to one to win the Super Bowl and plus, I mean, in plus 180 to win the division. And the Steelers, 30 to one and plus 340. Is there another team in the division or is that it? That's all anybody cares about. 
I'm not scrolling that far down to find the other team. <laughs> I'm sorry. We, we've we only had one question so far, and it was a Bengals question. Uh, the Bengals are – so, all right, the, st- the Bengals are 20 to 1 to win the division. Oh, I'm betting that right now. Don't, don't, don't. get my phone out. I guess so. How much I put on it? Nobody believes that you're doing 50? Nobody, nobody, Nobody believes you're betting 50 bucks on the Bengals to win the AFC North, buddy. What? That's it. I'm doing it. Show us on the screen if you do that. I'll show you on tomorrow's podcast. Yeah. No, you ain't doing that. Send, you got a small child. You're not sending $50 yeah. on fire. He's got to ask his wife first, and then she's got to slap right. him, and then he's got to come back and say, I can't do it. That's going to pay the, for the kids' college education. The odds are so high. up, And so they win it. Boom, I'm rich. I unless, she's going to, unless she's going to John Breach uh, School of Education, which costs $50 a year. Yeah, unless you go to a school for ants. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so yeah, Kevin Zeitler, big signing with the Ravens. <clears throat> Also of Ravens note, they just lost pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe, who is leaving Baltimore and going to sign with the Oakland Raiders. And previously, Un- Matt Judon, who went to the, the Oakland Raiders of Las Vegas. Did I say the Oakland Raiders? Yes. That's three <laughs> years in, still saying Oakland Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders who badly need pass rush help. So that makes a little bit of sense, I think, just in terms of being able to get a splashy free agent. But uh, Yannick Ngakwe, not great against a run, has played well against a run at times, really only had one good season. That was 2017 with a loaded Jaguars defense. I That's, don't. Is that when Phil Rivers was kept chirping in his ear and he didn't say yeah, yeah, what did he say? He's like 99 yards, 99 <laughs> yards. I will say this, this, this is the, the math that you have to do. Uh, they had two good pass rushers in Matt Judon and Yannick Ngakwe who were free agents. Which ones did the Patriots sign? And which yeah. one did which one did John Gruden sign? Well, and the more math is was Unique Ngakwe good because Judon was on the other side with you know, Ryan, you've said that about Bud Dupree. Was he good even with Judon on the other side? No, no, and TJ Watt, where you have the, the offense is focusing so much on the other guy that uh you know Ngakwe isn't seeing as the offense doesn't focus on him as much. And one thing about Ngakwe that I'd worry about is that look, if he was such a stud, teams wouldn't let him get away and now this is going to be his fourth team since december 2019 that's crazy yeah. so with I mean, jacksonville Vikings, minnesota baltimore and now the raiders right it's one thing to make a move in the offseason but minnesota said all right we're done with you in the middle of the season and for the record bud dupree is is awesome i want him to come back i don't think he his his explosion onto the scene had anything to do with tj watt in the last year and a half yeah, Bud Dupree really upped his game, and we'll see we'll see what happens with him. He should have a more robust market. A little surprise he hadn't actually signed with the with the ACL. Maybe is around. Yeah, I'm just saying, team, you know, wave two guy. Excuse me. Maybe uh, I don't know. I think maybe Bud Dupree will be the uh, the the late night signing the the late night Monday no, signing. No. I think he can still get a lot of money, but it may be they're kicking the tires on the Judons of the world and, and then circling back if that doesn't work out. Well, it's also possible that Bud Dupree wants a five-year big money deal and yeah. teams are... Because remember, he played the last two years on the franchise tag, right? I think just one. Oh, no, he had his fifth-year option and then the franchise tag. Right. That's right. But, but so either way, he was... The last two years, he's been playing thinking he's going for a contract. Right. And now he probably can get a contract, but it's not the mammoth one that he's expecting so he's he's probably trying to i mean this would be my guess is he's deciding do i want to do a prove it thing again or do i want to just take this big contract that's really more of a pandemic deal I, but I, all, and one thing that might be working against him is that the the pass rush 
class is pretty loaded right now. I mean, yeah. this is usually in free agency. There's one or two top guys and then you fall off a cliff and no one's that good. But, you know, there's still Leonard Floyd out there, Melvin Ingram, Carl Lawson. So there are guys where if Bud Dupree wants the top price, the team might say, well, I can go 10% cheaper and get someone who's almost as good as you. Uh, so that could be working against him too. Also, is, could be a, also could be a situation where teams are bidding for him and they're trying to drive up the number. I mean, who knows? We'll see. Sorry, Ryan, go ahead. What is the talking point if you're a player that the franchise tag is good for you? Because as you look at it, it seems to be only good for the team. It's, right? it's, it's not good for the player. I mean, you get a guaranteed money at, at the right, fifth, it, it, top it, five it, highest salaries on average. So like, uh, it restricts your movement as a player. It's not, it is entirely beneficial so, to the team. Yeah. Let me put it this way, Bridge. So Dupree, the last few years played on the fifth year option, which is part of the CBA and the franchise tag, which is obviously part of the CBA. What would he, if he had signed uh, a long-term deal two years ago, he would be making a lot more money than he is now. Over the no, absolutely. No, I agree with you guys yeah. that it's not, a, it's I'm definitely, just, more, it's more beneficial to the team, but it's not like the player is being, comp- you know, they're getting a gigantic paycheck. It's, it's not an unpaid internship, if you will. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. I think, I think that for elite players, the franchise tag can benefit you because you get that one big year. And then if you're, but like Dak, right? Dak blew out his ankle on the franchise tag. He still got paid. Yeah, but Bud that's Dupree right. a little different. Like if Bud Dupree doesn't tear his ACL, he's probably signed for a monster contract. I think you have to be a quarterback. You can't be even Julio Jones. If Julio Jones breaks his leg, remember those tweets that used to go around? Julio Jones got in a serious car accident, broke broke both yeah. his legs. That kind of stupidity. And Zach Morris and uh, it's like or uh, Paul Paul. Uh, what's Zach Morris's real name? Oh yeah, Paul. Uh, what Mark, is it? Paul Gosler. Yeah, Mark Paul Gosler. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, the point is, uh, even Julio Jones probably isn't coming back and getting paid huge amounts of money if he has a serious injury like Dak sustained. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, let's see how Bud Dupree's thing plays out. Yeah. It's free agency before we before we necessarily jump on that. Uh, we mentioned the Buccaneers signing Shaq Barrett. The Browns also signed a key defender, albeit not one from their own team. John Johnson signed a three-year, $34 million deal with the Browns. Really nice signing by the Browns. John Johnson's been a player. Third-round yeah. pick for the Rams. They just, you know, they're spending, uh, I think it's somewhere between 80 and $100 million on... Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Matthew Stafford, and Jared Goff. And when you're doing that, and one of those guys isn't on your team, it's tough to figure out how to pay all your players. And John Johnson was a, a you know basically a cap casualty for the, the Rams who were unable to bring him back. And now the Browns really shore up the back end with a with a very nice player. I think Andrew Barry in you know limit you know a limited sample size has been a really good free agent decision maker so far. Yeah, I like to sign it a lot. And if John Johnson's name was John Hammer, we'd all be going, oh, my God, they got John <laughs> Hammer. you just like, oh, he's some rando named John Johnson. He was good in L.A. Um, but, again, you talked about the defensive players on that roster that he sort of got lost in the mix. I think this is a great sign for them. They drafted Grant, uh, Grant Delpit last year, who was injured for the year, so he didn't play, and he's coming back. Uh, and talking with our buddy uh, Josh Edwards, who, who works at CBS and helps cover the draft as well, and as a Browns fan, he, he, like every other Browns fan, wasn't a huge Andrew Sandejo guy. He struggled at times last year, Sandejo did. So this is get him off the field. And now in the draft, where they have a ton of money in the rest of free agency. They can get an edge rusher. They can get an interior defensive lineman. They can get a linebacker. They will get Bud Dupree. They can get Bud Dupree. Uh, I think Aditi Kinkawala of NFL.com said they're going to, or NFL Network said they're going to be in the mix for an edge rusher in the next 24 hours or so. I think that's a tweet I saw. So we'll find out there. But again, I mean, I sort of laughed at you when you said, uh, the Ravens are somehow favored in the in the division. I mean, the Browns, based on what happens over the next month or so, 
that could change that conversation. Yeah, they're looking good. This was something they absolutely needed to do. It was kind of short the secondary. They did that. The more fascinating thing here, and Brinson, you kind of started to hit on this, is that the Rams really had no choice but to let John Johnson walk here because they couldn't afford him. If you look at everybody's salary cap situation right now, I know we spent like the past month talking about the New Orleans Saints and how they were in salary cap hell. Well, guess what? Somehow they dug themselves out. But the Rams, they have to be in compliance with the salary cap by 4 p.m. on Wednesday. They are $37 million over the salary cap. There's no other team that's even $20 million over. So they're going to have to make a bunch of moves or restructure a bunch of contracts in the next 48 hours. I don't even see how they're going to be able to, you know, they can't even afford to call up someone right now, because if that person says, yes, uh, I want to sign with you, the Rams are like, Oh yeah, sorry, bro. We can't sign you because uh, we don't have any money. So this doesn't happen anymore breach, but they can't even accept a collect call. Like that's how <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I, I would think the Rams would have wanted to keep them, but yeah, like Brinson said, when you're letting Jared Goff go and taking, that kind of massive dead cap hit, you have to make sacrifices in certain places. And and this is one of those because I know they would have loved to have keep, kept him if they could afford him. And by the way, that's sort of a good commentary on the Russell Wilson trade possibilities. Like the, the, the Rams and the Eagles are taking the two biggest, I believe, dead cap hits in professional football history with Jared Goff and Carson Wentz to, for guys who are not on your team. And if the... Seahawks traded Russell Wilson. It would be bigger than both combined. Like it's just not feasible to feel the team hey, with one add- small difference that if they trade him after June 1st, the other two can't do that. Sure. Then, then it gets trimmed down to not quite as big as the golf. Yeah. I'm, just yeah. Operating, I'm operating the assumption that it's really hard to trade a quarterback after June 1st. Cause well, me, everybody's me- already done their stuff and you wouldn't get your draft picks. Let me ask. Let me ask this as you guys talk about that, which is a good point because three or four years ago, however long it was, we were all saying that the best way to build a team is to get lucky in the draft, get a Russell Wilson, get a Jared Goff, get a Carson <laughs> Wentz on their on their rookie deals, and then build around them. Now, Russell Wilson, you obviously extend because he's great. The other two, you extend because what you know, you the devil you know is better than the one you don't. But that blew up in their faces, respectively, both in L.A. and Philadelphia. Is the lesson here? You draft a guy in the top ten and you play him, but if he sucks or even if he's replacement level you don't extend them. Is that the lesson? Cause I mean, I, I think the oddly enough, the lesson uh, is that you sort of need to do what the Cowboys did, which is stretch it out. I mean, like it's so hard. You're, you're walking the tightrope. I, I Jared, the Jared golf, but the, by, by the golf, way, you, you drag it out as the team because you like that option better than as a franchise tag, as opposed to giving them all that money that now is biting. Yeah, the ass. Right. But then the Cowboys ended up giving, Dak way more. It's a, it's a, it's a fine line to walk. I mean, I think here's Wentz, the thing. If the Cowboys had done that with Jared Goff as a quarterback, you would understand that. Like why they didn't sign Dak. I don't know. Right. That's, but that's the thing is like, I think it's really more, I mean like Goff and Wentz both showed enough where you felt like, like Wentz in 2017 played so well that you're like, all right. I mean like, you know, you give him a contract. Wentz definitely did. Goff was always like, okay. I don't know, man. Golf was really good that the year that the chiefs, no, what are you talking about? Golf had remember the game the Chiefs uh 54 51, the Monday night football game in Mexico that got moved to LA. He took him to a Super Bowl. He played, he did not play great in January, February. No, he didn't. And he had didn't play great since then. And so it's just weird. All I'm saying is that it's you take a guy like that that early in the draft and they play at that level for you. I think then, the issue is that 
one of the mitigating factors. Okay, we have Sean McVay. He can fix it. We have Doug Peterson. Okay, he can fix it. And Carson Wentz was better than Jared Goff at the beginning of their careers, I think. I think I understand that deal much more than Jared Goff's. The issue, of course, is Carson got hurt, and then things went sideways. But I think, right, let's, let's get back to free agency. What are we doing here? <laughs> no, but, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's a question that's worth asking because these quarterbacks are going to get signed. Not these guys, but other quarterbacks are going to get signed soon to long-term deals and that are current free agents, and that, those are questions we're talking about. Go ahead. Um, okay. Other deals of note very quickly. The Lions are re-signing Romeo Aquara to a three-year three deal worth $39 million. Um, the only compelling reason I can find why Romeo would re-sign with the Lions, besides $39 million, is that his brother is still on the Lions. Yeah, he so the beginning of his career, he he didn't he was undrafted out of Notre Dame. His brother went to Notre Dame, was a second or third round pick last year, I think. Um, so but Romeo didn't do much at the start of his career. Uh he he sort of was finding his way and then he went off basically in the second half of the 2020 season, which again, congrats to him for knowing that his contract was up and he was playing for a big deal and he landed. He had 10 sacks last year. And like I mentioned, most of that came over the final uh half of the season. So I mean they they need help everywhere. And you said that on HQ Brents and that, you know. They're not a good football team, so why not sign a guy you know and that you you know fits your system or at least the system last year, uh, with the new guys incoming and Dan Campbell and, and and the staff. So yeah, I have no issue with it. It's a it's a step in the right direction. Unlike, I mean, I would imagine, you know, Breach is looking for his team to sign players. They've done nothing yet. At least the the, the Lions have shown. You oh, know, the Lions a signed a, a young, talented, rising player whose brother is already on their team. Clearly, those two dudes like to play on the same team because they're both at, at Notre Dame as well. Like, I think they like being around each other. There's nothing wrong with that brother stuff. Um, <laughs> brother stuff. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I, if I, if my brother and I, my brother and I both live in Raleigh, like, we like being in pr- close proximity to each other. It's nice. You know, you like having your brother around. So if I'm a, if I'm a football player and my brother's a football player, I probably would do the same thing. Um, and it, it is interesting, though, that the Lions, does like, that, can he, does that mean JJ Watt hates his brother? Cause I would like him to come to Pittsburgh. JJ Watt wants to, he didn't want to play for a loser. He wants to play for a winner. <laughs> Boom. Um, the uh but it it is i thought it was interesting that they didn't re-sign kenny galladay and they did bring back julian aquara or or romeo aquara uh also of note the uh, 49ers uh front office uh, owner jed york and um gm john lynch apparently got hammer timed and uh, hammered and FaceTime Kyle Juszczyk, uh, and they ended up ha- like working out a five-year, $27 million deal. Jed York tweeted about it and said, must have been that completely coherent FaceTime that we had. Um, so the old, and, and John Lynch was doing some drunk tweeting uh, about, about wanting juice and stuff like that, and sure enough, they signed him. Is that I know part true? They were drinking? I think that's what – I think so, yeah. It's okay. funny how that stuff works out because I feel like if Brinson got in uh, drunk FaceTime with his boss, it would end up with him being fired. No. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't FaceTime people. Um, all right, so let's take a break. Whew, that was a long first segment. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will answer some questions from the chat and run over some of the other free agent deals that we need to check out. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Uh, Before we dive into those deals, though, I want to tell you what our friends at Sportsline are up to during Bracket Week. Get every pick, every play, every upset, and fill out your bracket with the help of some of the best sports data analysis analysts in the game. Visit Sportsline now to see which teams will make and break your bracket and see who cuts down the nets, all from the model that beat nearly 90% of brackets last tournament one year after finishing in the top 5%. Okay, so... Some rumors out there. Juju Smith-Schuster apparently telling teammates he'll likely sign elsewhere. Uh, Give me a gladiator thumbs up or thumbs down, Wilson. On how I feel about it? Yeah. Oh, no, Juju. You you want to go on? I I knew he wasn't coming back. I mean, uh, you know, Breach has been talking about for months. They have no cap space. They've gotten a little bit of cap space. They did sign. I saw one of the questions in the chat. Asked if the Steelers have done anything. They signed B.J. Finney, formerly of the Bengals, prior to that, formerly of the Steelers, the inside, uh, the center. Um, Marquise Pouncey also retired, uh, like his brother, his twin brother did. But they also signed Cam uh, Sutton to a two-year deal, a cornerback, which is a pretty big deal in terms of things they needed to do on the to-do list cheaply. Juju is not in the plans unless he's going to come back on some sort of nuts deal, and he's he's not going to do that. Okay. Uh, Gronk. Breach teases that he might test the waters in free agency. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, thumbs, thumbs down. Thumbs uh, down. He's going back to Tampa Bay. There's you, like, I think he's just having fun out there. What? Have you ever used your thumb before? What the hell was that? Well, he's, it, he's never seen Gladiator he's, either. He's like, I was trying to trick you. So you that like you would, that. that's how Joaquin Phoenix says it. This yeah, is right. No, this is right. I haven't decided yet. What this is like moving your chess piece. When you take your hand off the piece, you have to stick with your move. See, by the when way, it's, if, when it's back it's, here, I down. If this was Gladiator, yeah. you're the first person I'm feeding to the Lions. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Cats love me, Ryan. I would have them train in three minutes and then they would eat you. Joke's on you. Breaches <laughs> out there trying to sweet talk a lion as he's ripping his body. I have cats too. I have cats. I have cats. Uh-huh. Ah! <laughs> I will say real quick that Gronk was on uh, Kyle Brandt's podcast to the 10 questions thing. And he pointed out that he had never been a free agent, which is actually pretty interesting. He's only signed two contracts in his entire career, (laughs) which is crazy because he's been in the NFL since 2010. So he signed his rookie deal that he signed, you know, the rookie deals four years because he wasn't a first round pick. And then uh, he signed a six year extension. Boom. There's your 10 years. And and the end of his Patriots contract was his first year with the Buccaneers because it was a trade. So this is the first time he's ever hit free agency. He said he's had a few teams call him up and say, hey, man, you want to switch teams? But he also said he would like to sign with the Buccaneers. He'd like to work something out, but he is going to be taking phone calls and he wants to dip his toe in free agency. So I think he'll end up in Tampa Bay unless somebody just comes in and blows him away with some ridiculous offer, which would be ridiculous because I don't think, you know, he's not good enough to be making $15 million a year. And, you know, I know he's a bachelor. I don't think he's married. Uh, his... his Girlfriend and or fiance. I'm not sure. I think engaged. She was also on the podcast with okay. him and Kyle Brandt. I, be- I believe it's girlfriend. And move yes, in, to my point, moving's a pain in the ass. That's what I was going to get at. Like you can say you want to move and all the other stuff. And at the end of the day, he wants to do it. Isn't, I mean, it, uh, isn't it Camille Harris? Is that right? Kamala Harris. 
That's her name. Oh, oh, that's, that's, the vice, that's the vice president. <laughs> I do not think she's dating Kronk, however. Uh, she might be. You never know. Camille Caustic. Yep. Okay. She's a attractive young lady. She was on the podcast. Not our podcast. Kyle Brandt's podcast. Kyle did, gets some Kyle gets some good guests for that podcast. Did um did Gronk say anything about the I don't know if it's a rumor, but the report that he lives solely on his uh, uh his um what's it called? Oh, his, uh, his, endorsement. endorsement income. Endorsement yeah. income. Is that he, true? He did not, but I have no reason to think it's not true. I yeah. mean you know what? I mean, he he looks like a caveman, but he should be the guy speaking at the rookie symposium about how to save your money. Because clearly, if that's true, <laughs> he's doing it right. That's ain't that the truth? That's that's um, how I live. Just live on my endorsement <laughs> money. So, uh, so yeah. So anyway, those uh, those are two notable rumors that are out there. The Bills brought back uh some of their guys who did the bills bring back they didn't do it till monday though they did it previously and houston did some interesting moves like an andre roberts signing so uh, with, uh, the bills oh, so had, the bills brought back matt milano and daryl Wibbs. that's who it was right and, and they, john feliciano and they cut john yes. brown quinn jefferson and andre roberts actually signed elsewhere in free agency the kick returner but the texans is sort of funny because mark ingram they signed christian kirksey they signed marcus cannon they got in a trade from the patriots uh, a little, which is odd. Anytime that a Patriots executive or employee leaves, they end up doing a deal with with the team they left with. Uh, they signed Shaq. Or they traded for Shaq Lawson, um, Grugier Hill. I think it's how you say his name. The guy who used to play for the, the Eagles and then the Dolphins, and then Malik Collins. They they signed as well. So and Andre Roberts is that's where he ended up. Yep. So they're making a ton of moves. But MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season, and so are we. I'm Tori Deal, and I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars Four is finally here, and this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 